Psalm 52, verse 1 through 9. Why boasteth thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. Everybody say continually. Thy tongue deviseth mischief like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness, Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place. And root thee out of the land of the living, Selah. The righteous also, also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Lo, who's he speaking of, these people, of this type, evil? This is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself. And his wickedness. But here's our focal point. I read all that for a purpose to why David brings this comparison. He said, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. Lord, I thank you for your word today. Thank you for the beautiful worship. Thank you for our guest, every soul. We thank you, Lord, for what you have ordained and planned for our lives, God. We thank you for what's happening across the campus and touching hearts and lives today. We just pray, help us to be open and receptive to your word. And God, that we may respond to it. Help me deliver it. Let thy perfect will be done in every life today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. For not having all the names, I'll withhold calling the names of our guests. But we do thank each of you for being with us today. Amen. I want to title this, it's rather a lengthy title, which is unusual for myself, but I'd like to title this, Living Like a, like a Green Olive Tree in the House of God. Living Like a Green Olive Tree in the House of God. In Psalm 52, 1 through 7, David begins to record about the way of the wicked. And the evil and how God views that. And how they focus on their own strength. And how they would rather speak lies than speak righteousness. And on and on it goes. And he talks about how God will remove them. How they would be, how their life will end. But then he brings this to a comparison. He stops in verse 7 speaking about what's going to happen to those who live such lives. And he said, but I am. Let's read it in verse 8. But I am 
like a green olive tree. Now, he's not boasting on himself. He's comparison, comparing. He said, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God. I don't lean on myself. I don't depend on my own strength. I don't want to govern my own life. But he said, I am like an olive tree in the house of God. And I am going to trust in the mercy of God. How many of you are going to trust in the mercy and the goodness of God? Amen. We can trust God when we can't trust anything in this life. Can I go ahead and tell you? We can't trust the government. We can't trust this world. We can't trust the the faculties of this world. And sometimes we can't trust those we thought we could trust. But can I tell you who will never fail us, who will never let us down, who will never do us wrong, what he speaks he will bring to pass. His word is forever shadowed in heaven he will do what he said he would do he'll be there when nobody else is there he'll be there to lift us up to give us strength he'll be there to extend mercy to us he'll be long suffering he'll take care of us daily he will load us with benefits praise God I'm talking about a God that we can put our trust in and that's in essence of what David is saying. But then I have to ask the question, why did David compare himself? I mean, there's a lot of things we can compare ourselves to. I've heard people say, not that they're comparing themselves, but I'd love to be a fly on a wall there tonight. We pick little things out to use, but why would David compare himself to a green olive tree? That just jumped out. I know I must have read it, no telling how many times, but it never leaped off the pages at me like it did this past week in Bible reading. But I thought again of another scripture where Jeremiah 17 and 5 uh, compares something similar, but it's not, of course, an olive tree. He said, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, whose heart departed from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Blessed. Look at the difference between cursed and blessed. Amen. There's much of this in the scripture. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to realize and recognize and be very aware of what brings the curses in our life. Why? Because he wants us to avoid those curses. And he wants us to enjoy the blessings. He said in Deuteronomy, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey and a curse if you do not. So God wants us to be blessed, praise God. But he also warns us of the life and the things and the ways and the decisions that would rob us from being blessing of the blessings and then would cause us to reap uh, the curses in life. Somebody say praise the Lord. So he goes on to say, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Now there's a difference. We can hope in the Lord. 
and that's good. But when we go further, we say, the Lord is my hope. It's all in Him. The hope that we have is all wrapped up in God. He's not just a resource that I turn to in times of trouble. But every day from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, my hope is in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. For he shall be as a tree. Here we go with another tree. Planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh. It's not going to hinder this tree. The normal process of weather and the effects of deterioration that robs plants from time to time, what, what the heat does. My wife can uh, testify of that. You can't hardly grow grass in Arizona. They have rocks or artificial turf or good irrigation systems that cost a lot of money because the heat cometh. Hello, y'all with me? Heat cometh. Praise God. Now it's good weather in Arizona. And so it's saying that this tree is not going to notice when the heat cometh. Why? Because it's planted by the waters. Her, her roots are by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be what? Green. Not withered. Not as one would turn colors and crisp and fall because of the lack of substance that is much needed. Can I tell you when you're in the house of God you're not going to dry up and you're not going to wither and you're not going to be affected by the climate of this world. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody today that there's something special about the house of God. There's a place to raise our children. There's a place to plant our feet. It's a place that we're going to receive the substance of life and while the world is falling apart the church is going to rise up we're not going to be depleted we're not going to be negatively affected by the things of this world but we're going to be fed by the substance and our roots run deep to the waters of God I'm telling you that ought to make anybody want to live for God and raise their families in church but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. If that doesn't testify of something, he's talking about the house of God. He's talking about living for God and trusting God. While everything else is being depleted, you're never going to cease to yield your fruit. When the drought comes upon the world, it's not going to come in your life. I'm not going to say we're not going to go through financial, economic, difficulties but I'll tell you what one minister spoke to our men one time years ago gas was going high it was in the year of 08 when uh, we were having a recession and gas got up over three dollars a gallon we thought that was terrible come on he said, but let me go ahead and tell you, the price of God does not, of gas does not change the promises of God. If it gets $8 a gallon, God's word is true. He shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6 and 33 that if we'll seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added. I'm telling you, it's the 
the best life you're ever going to live. It comes with the best insurance that covers our entire life. You can't go purchase that kind of insurance, but there's something about the house of God. There's something about choosing to live for God. That's why Joshua said, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Our minds made up. You don't have to be careful in the year of drought. And your fruit's not going to cease to yield. David then, that's beautiful in Jeremiah. But then David uses his own analogy or comparison to say what I'm like, just what he was like. He said, I'm like a green olive tree. And I thought, when I mean, that, I knew evidently God was telling me something for it to do what it did to me when it leaped off those pages and stayed with me for a few days. So I began to do a little research. Why would David say a green olive tree? Of all the things he could compare, he could have compared himself to a, a, a stream that never ended, to deep wells. He could have many different things. But he said a green olive tree. For one thing, an olive tree is an evergreen. So it's always, no matter what the world's doing, no matter what, other trees do that are affected by the cold weather and the climate and the altitude and the, the temperatures and the droughts and all of that. The evergreen is always green. It's always going to give a vibrant image that it's healthy, that it's alive, and it stands out. When does it stand out the most when everything else is green? No, it's going to stand out more when everything else has changed its colors, when everything else is being, can I tell you where the church is at, while the world is falling apart, while everybody's down and oppressed and depressed and can't make ends meet, the church is going to shine. The church is still going to give a vibrant image. Why? Because we're living for a God that has committed himself to take care of us. And so the church is darker the night, brighter the light. There shall be light at evening time. Oh, praise God. This is encouraging to me. I hope it encourages you. So it's an evergreen tree. It never changes its looks, its color, its evidence of life and good health. So he picks it out. But then there's more to it. The evergreen tree is... One that can live a long time. The average life of an evergreen tree is 500 years. And it's not uncommon for them to live 1,500 and some even 2,000 years. Can you imagine that? There are some areas in the Mideast to where they say they have trees that were over 2,000 years. They were there since the year 4,000. Come on, somebody. And David is using this tree, Brother Jeremy, because he's saying, that's what I want to be like. I want to be an evergreen in the house of God. Now, take notice, he's just not talking about just, Mike, he's not talking about just the 
uh, olive tree, but he is saying this is what I want my life to be like in the house of God because we understand not everybody in the house of God is going to make the house of God what it ought to be to them. Not everybody is going to see the value of the faithfulness and the commitment and the resources and the purpose and the benefits and the contributions to the house of God. David is saying I want my life to be like that of an olive tree. That it is vibrant. It's ever the same imagery. But he goes on to say that's going to be there a long time. Because he said in Psalm 27 and 4. Throw it on the screen if you don't mind. I know it's not in the order that I gave. And I know you're familiar with it. One thing have I desired of the Lord. I think David is saying not just one thing, but that top of the list, whether it be the top three or whatever, the one thing I've desired of the Lord that I will seek after, I will pursue, I will make it a priority that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Woo! David is saying I made up my mind. I wanna I want to live here for I want to be like the olive tree that spends its entire life. Well, there's something else unique about the olive tree. It regenerates itself after fires and storms and other things that could damage it. Because its roots are so rich and so strength, strong. And it has this unique ability to come back forth and to regenerate itself. And David is somehow saying, you know, I can relate to that. He is probably saying, you know what? I was betrayed by my wife and my son. I was a hunted villain by the king. And all these things. I lost everything at Ziglag. I hid out in caves. And I lost and I made mistakes. And sometimes he probably felt like he had been burned, blown down, destroyed. But he said, I'm going to be like the olive tree. And I'm coming back. I'm not staying there. It's not the end of me. As long as I'm in the house of God, I will survive. As long as we're in the house of God, that's why he said, like an olive tree in the house of God. He didn't say somewhere on the street or in the backyard, but he said in the house of God because it's there that I receive my strength. It's there that I bounce back. It's there that I regenerate everything I was. And that is a key to the longevity of the olive tree is the ability to regenerate itself and to bounce back where others may have ended their existence. Can I tell you, I want to be, I want to live my life, Brother Patton, like a green olive tree. That no matter what comes our way, no matter what storms, no matter what the world throws at us, no matter what life deals, what hand it deals us, no matter how unfair things may seem, no matter the compounding of problems that mount up, no matter what happens, we want to be like that tree that said, you may knock me down, but I'm getting back up. Like the word of the Lord said, rejoice not against me, oh my enemy, for when I fall, 
Lord, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, I've got help. I'm not alone. But the Lord, somebody say the Lord, oh, he's going to shine a light about me. Can I tell you, it makes a difference when you live for God. Trouble's going to come. Hard times are going to hit. And there's going to be problems. But we've got a source in the house of God that says we're going to rise back up and we're going to keep on living. I don't put them on my salad. I don't even know what all you use them for. Come on. But the a olive tree produces 400 pounds of olives annually. That's a lot of olives, Brother Matt. I'm glad somebody likes them. So if you take 400 times 500 years, that's 200,000 pounds of olives that tree has produced. Hello? But if it lived to be 2,000 years, as some have, they say, that's 800,000 pounds of olives. Now that tree's done a good job. Hello? And I just have to think, why is David using that olive tree? Because not only is he saying it's an evergreen, not only is he saying it's got longevity, not only is he saying it regenerates itself, but it's not just getting all it can get from the house of God, but it's producing something that's when it's squeezed, when it's put to use, it's going to pour something out into this world. It's going to pour something out into other people's lives. It's not here just to receive only, but it's here to keep its strength. But all the while, every year, it's producing 400 pounds of olives. A lot of that's going to be turned into olive oil. You know what oil? represents the anointing of God the Holy Ghost praise God and David said that's the way I want to be I want to be like a green olive tree I don't want to just sit here and not and just gain for myself but I want to produce something I want my life to have purpose he's saying I want something to come out of what God has done in my life and there's something about that olive tree that is amazing it is producing an abundance of fruit that doesn't in with the fruit itself, but when it's squeezed and it's under pressure and things are tough, there's an anointing oh, that comes out that we can pour into other people's lives. And so then it dawned on me, now I have to believe, understand, Brother Dylan, why he said like a green olive tree. Woo, hallelujah. Somebody said praise the Lord. I hope and pray this message, and I'm I'm almost done, not quite there yet. But I pray that we get a hold of something about the house of God. Something about living for God. That says, God, I want to be like a green, I want my life to be like a green olive tree. You know, the olive trees would stand as tall as 50 feet. Never knew that. Never seen a 50 foot tall olive tree. Be honest with you, I don't know if I've ever seen an olive tree. My wife's got one in her home there in Arizona, but I've never seen one that I recall. 
Seen olives. So I know there had to be a tree somewhere. But what is, why did he say a green olive tree? I know all these reasons. But it's like David is saying, I want to be a permanent fixture in the house of God. Hello? I want to be there for the rest of my life. And I want to make, I want to have a purpose. I don't want to just sit there and glean all that helps me. But I feel like David is saying, while I'm there, I want to have a purpose. Come on, is that how you feel this morning? Don't you want to be a green olive tree that stands vibrant, that no matter what happens in life, no matter what comes against you, there's God's pouring things into our life that we can come above it. We can rise above the top. We can overcome the tragedy. We can overcome the onslaught of problems. All these things can happen, but we're there, Brother Dylan, because in the house of God, there's something that's going to take care of the roots. If we're rooted and grounded in the things of God, there's something that's going to bring that back to life and produce fruit again. Well, praise God. Scripture says... I gotta jump past all this with in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. I I pray that we get a hold of the revelation of how much the church means to us. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed? Though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea. He's listing catastrophic events. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. He said all these calamities. While all these things happen in my world. He said I want you to take notice. There's a special place that keeps my world together. That keeps my life and my family together. And I want to tell you about this place. And it's available to all. There is a river the streams whereof make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacles of the most high and let me tell you it's not just a building of four walls but look in verse 5 it said God yes the holy one Jehovah Jireh my provider Jehovah Nisi come on somebody God the almighty the all powerful the redeemer of my soul I'm talking about God is in the midst of her. Oh, but he's not there to just stand on the by side. But he shall not be moved. And God shall help her. And that right early. He said, let me tell you, while the world's falling apart, I want to take you to the house of God. There's a strength of river where the streams thereof make glad, happy, joyful the city of God. Come on, somebody. He said, but go ahead and let me tell you, God is there you need to hear from God get to the house of God you need a word from God get to the house of God you need your problems fixed get to the house of God you need your family restored get to the house of God you need your children help get to the house of God you need some answers in your life get to the house of God because God is in the midst of her and he will help look at your neighbor say God's going to help me 
That's why I came here today, because God has helped me. God has brought us through. God is going to see us through. This whole world needs to know that God is in the midst of here. There's churches on every corner. I'm not talking about them. But it's more than just a schedule. On the calendar, a date, music, preaching, altar services, going home. It's more than just a program. Those things are extra. But the whole purpose of it all is because God, the one who reached into that horrible pit and brought me out of the miry clay and set my foot upon the rock to stay and he put a new song in my mouth. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the God that loves you. The God that knows right where you at. Somebody want to live like a green olive tree in the house of God. The heathen raised. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. Look at your neighbor and say, while the world's going to hell in a handbasket, God is with us. That's why I told you two years ago, whenever it was, COVID and political uh, division were on every corner. Problems and chaos. People getting mad at one another. People not being wise and making uh, Facebook posts. And the world was at odds. And I stood in this pulpit and I said, look, let's don't get our eyes on this world. Let's don't get focused on COVID or the political agendas of our world. Let's get our eye. We can't change it. The world's going to do what the world's going to do. Government's going to do what government's going to do. But can I tell you, let's get our eyes and our heart fixed on God because that's what he called us for. Oh, hallelujah. God is with us. And here's where we're to make a difference. The God of Jacob is our rest. That's who we call on. Do we realize how blessed we are? And I come to a close. Psalm 73, 1 said, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. But then he goes on to say, he said, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. I had nigh well slipped. My steps had well nigh slipped. He said, God's good. But I was having a little bit of a problem. Here's what his problem was. He was looking at the wicked. People didn't pray. People didn't regard God and how they were blessed and how everything seemed to go right. He said, I've washed my hands in innocency all the day long while I'm trying to do good and do right. Problems are coming in my world. Life is, is a hardship. And he got, his, he got his attitude wrong. Tell you how, this is how much difference the house of God makes. Asaph had got a bad attitude toward God. He was irritated with God. It's not fair, God. Because he got his eyes on how well the wicked were doing and how struggled he was financially in other areas. But I don't know what got him that day, Mark. Come on, Mark.
said, I ain't going back. But I don't know, maybe that morning he got up. And he said, well, I'm going to go today and get my instrument. Because, see, he was the chief musician. He was the music director of this temple. You know, it might have been like that deal where he said, I ain't going to church. And his wife said, you've got to go to church. Give me one reason why i got to go to church. She said, because you're the pastor. Give me one reason, because you're the music director. Come on, chief musician. And so he goes, he gets over there, goes to pick up that guitar, bass, whatever it is. Don't play it. <laughs> I mean, you may be able to tear it up. I don't know. And something happened when he got to the house. He didn't plan on it. But there's something about the house of God. Hello? The fog lifts. Come on. Watch what it says in verse 17. Come on, somebody. Come on, run, Sister Tiffany. She's, bless your heart, she's going from one point to the next. Until. Until. Somebody say Until. Until I went to the sanctuary of God. Woo! Then revelation came back. Then understood I therein. Surely there thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou casted them down from destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awaketh. O Lord, when thou wakest, thou shalt despise their image. And he goes on in verse 23. He says, or 22, so foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before. God, I wasn't thinking right. I, my head wasn't screwed on right. I'd got my head in the wrong direction. He said, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holding me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. And afterward, when it's all said and done, God, you're going to receive me to glory. He cut out on down. Good job. Did the house of God make a difference in your life? I'm telling you, the house of God. But let me tell you how big of a difference it made. He was the chief musician. His children became the chief musician. His grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his great-great-grandchildren, his great, great, great. And I would keep on going great for many generations. But it all continued over a pivotal point. That one trip back to the house of God changed for generations to come. Woo! Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, there's something about the house of God that we've got to be like a green olive tree that says, I ain't going nowhere. I've got nowhere else to turn. I don't have any hope anywhere else, but I made up my mind. I'm going to be like that olive tree, and I'm going to stand. I'm going to regenerate. We want to produce fruit that's going to pour into others. Can we stand together? David was saying, 
I trust. I put my trust in him. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God pressed this message so deep into my spirit. At first, I didn't understand where it was going. I didn't know about all about what an olive tree did, Sister Sheila, until I got to studying it. Now, I always go to that verse and look for it because that's what I wanted. In prayer over this service, I pray God would plant a desire in every one of us that says, I want to be like David. Or like David, I want to be like a green olive tree in the house of God. I want to stick with it. I want to be an evergreen. I want to withstand the storms of life and regenerate. And Lord... I want to be fruitful in abundance. And I want to pour into other people's lives. Come on. Would you receive this word today? Would you open your heart and say, God, help me. God, talk to me. God, quicken my spirit. Put that desire in me. Oh, God, put that desire in me. And help me. Help me, Lord. Come on, help me out today. Come on, I open these altars. Were you, sir, were you, ma'am? Has God spoke to your life today? Come on. Has God talked to your heart today? God is wanting to put something deep down inside of us. It says, I see the value of the house of God. I see the treasure in living for God. Oh, I want my children to see a green olive tree in the house of God when they look at me. You want your children to have a heart that one day they'll say, oh, God, I want to be a green olive tree in the house of God.